The following episode of Fuller Brown is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, this is Tony with Full of Brown welcoming you all to another episode of uh, my humble little podcast and I always wanted to start by saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody that has been supporting me through these past seasons, um, this past year, the last year, it's, it's, I'm so grateful, I really am, you have no idea how much I do appreciate every single one of you uh, that leaves me a review, that writes me personally, that writes to the uh, to the email, to Instagram, to Twitter, every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Gracias, mi gente. Thank you all. I, I really am very grateful. And trust me, I do not take that for granted. Um, I, I love every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, today, I'm doing another episode by myself. This episode is very much needed for me, for my um, my healing process and my my life in general. And if you've been a listener for a while, I've have I've said this many many times, and I'm annoying to myself. So I know that if you've heard me say this, I'm pretty sure you're annoyed too. Um, but I um I was raised Christian in a Christian household, so I come from a religious background. Unless you haven't been in a religious background, I don't know if this episode is gonna make as much sense to you. I'm gonna try to be as very. I'm going to try to explain this the the best way that I can. And I'm hoping that my message comes across as what I intend it to be. I hope that when you do hear this episode, you don't hear it as, um, oh my God, Tony spilling the tea. This is not what that kind of episode, this is not what this episode is supposed to be. Um, It's an episode for my healing heart. Uh, Today I wanted to talk about, and I'm just going to get right into it because I feel like I'm going to get a little heated, so I'm going to try to maintain my calm, my peace. This is a topic that I've been wanting to talk since the podcast started, and I haven't had the right words to say it, and today I feel like I do, and I feel like I'm prepared to share my side of the story, and I feel like I'm prepared to let you all know what I went through and what I think about this topic. Um, And I wanted to talk about organized religion now. If you've listened since season one, I have sworn to never talk about religion or politics on this podcast, but I'm making that exception for this episode. And and, and when you hear the process of it, you'll understand why. Uh, you'll understand where I'm coming from, um, I'm hoping. So do listen to this episode uh, with discretion. Uh, if you've known me since I was younger, you know exactly what organization I'm talking about. I'm not going to say it. Um... And if you want to be the gossipy kind of person, find out for yourself what organization I'm talking about. Um, but I was raised in this organization uh, since I was five, since I was six, since I got to this country, really, uh, since I was born, really. And uh, so it's it's a very nerve wracking topic. It's a very uh, scandalous topic because it's a topic that has changed my life. Uh, if I could even say it almost ruined my life. And this is why I wanted to talk about it today. 
So let me start from the very beginning. I have been, like I said, in this organization since I was born. Uh, it's an organization that's considered a Pentecostal church. It's a church. I was, I was raised in a church. This church had, was always a home to me. It was always a community where um, I, I was, I, I mean, I was raised there. You know, to me, that was life. I, I didn't really know anything outside of that. To kind of give you a little perspective, um, when I was younger, I was never allowed to talk to anybody outside my religion. Now, mind you, that was my parents' decision. That wasn't the church's decision. Yeah, I, I grew up in this uh, church, and I grew up... I'm a very questionable person, and by that, I mean I allow myself to ask a lot of questions. Maybe I don't ask them out loud, but I do think them, and sometimes... My facial expressions say more than my mouth does, <laughs> so my, my face gets me in trouble a lot. And it's a blessing and a curse, trust me, because uh, there's times where if I'm happy on the inside, but I'm supposed to be sad, like it's hard for me to like show that I'm sad if I'm not feeling it. So if, if I am feeling sad, you'll know right away. If I'm upset, you'll know right away. I was raised in this church, and I was a very active member. My family to this day, are very active members of not the same organization, but they are active members of this practice, this religion. They do practice that religion. You know, it, it's based on a biblical standard that we know they believe in Jesus Christ as the one and true son of God. And that, um, you know, we baptize in Jesus name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm trying to give as much details as possible for y'all that don't know what a religion is. So you can kind of understand uh, my point of view or where I'm coming from, just so you know where I landed. I was about 12 years old, and by the leadership, I was always, always uh, looked upon as older. Uh, they sent me to the youth group when I was 11. Um, everybody else was like 18, 19, <laughs> which was fine um, until they hit hardcore topics like, you know, homosexuality and all this other stuff that did mark me. But I'm not going to talk about that on this episode. That's that's for my book. I'm saving that for the book. But um, yeah, I, I grew up working on this practice. I was a musician there. I was a leader. I was a singer for a bit. I became a district leader. And this is where I kind of wanted to start my, my story. Um, in this organization, we are divided uh, by districts. So in the country, I don't know, there's like seven districts probably. Our district was combined of Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, at the beginning part of Texas and Arkansas. This organization basically has a bishop and the bishop looks over pastors. So this, my district had about 20, if I'm not mistaken, 20 something pastors. And that bishop was basically in charge of the pastors. And then the pastors were in charge of each church, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I became a youth leader at a very young age, I was always interested in in leadership. So, I mean, I I, I wanted to do it. it. I wasn't forced. I'll I'll make sure to point that out. I was not forced into doing this. I've always I was always interested in helping the youth. Um, I I had a passion for this. This is something that I love to do. To this day, I even I I enjoy helping my community the best way that I can. And I'm trying to get back into that, you know, into my community. But I feel like I can't until I let this go and until I release this episode and just cleanse my soul. I became a youth leader at the age of 16. 
And at this point, I became the secretary of the youth district. So what that means is that my job was to contact the youth, you know, send out flyers, send out mail. Uh, at that time, believe it or not, we didn't have social media. So we didn't. I mean, I was in charge of the social media, but everything else, you know, event planning, I, I did it. And I had such a good time. And I met some of the most incredible people. I do want to point this out. Because a lot of people that are close to my heart, even to this day, I met because of this process. I met so many wonderful people. So I don't want you to think by hearing this episode that I'm bashing church, that I'm bashing people that are in this organization. I'm not. I have an issue with organized religion, yes, but not the people, if that makes sense. Also, by the way, I've met some nasty ass people in this organization. I mean, I've met horrible people. Aside from that, it was it was a great experience. It really was. Um, I was happy uh, with what I was doing. I was working with close friends in this organization. Um, I'm not going to mention their names either because this is my story. And if they want to talk about their story, they, you know, they eventually will. But this is my side. So. I was working with close friends that to this day, I still consider good friends, pretty my best friends, basically still. So, I mean, we, we bonded. We really did. It was it was a beautiful thing that we created for the youth. And I'm pretty sure if I were to ask them, we have no regrets. Um, that being said, we were in charge, like I said, of organizing activities. So part of our job was to raise money. Uh, we were we did fundraisers for you know, for these events, uh, we encouraged all the youth leaders of each individual church. So basically, we were in charge of like 20 churches, just as many pastors as there were, we were in charge of all those youth. So, you know, we planned activities, we talked to them, try to counsel them if we needed. Um, although I really hardly did that. I only did it like a couple times, maybe five times. But so I'm just trying to give you details so you'll understand what my job and duties were. So anyway, at that time, one of my close friends uh, was released from his task. So our job shifted, um, our duties shifted. So part of my job now was to become the public speaker of our of our youth. So whenever we had activities, I was the loud voice. I was the one that was always on the microphones. I was the one organizing everything. And honestly, I enjoyed doing that. It was such a thrill to me. It helped my self-esteem a lot. Um, and I work with a lot of great people. I'm going to say again, I work with great people and I have no regrets to this day. So basically how this works, you actually get elected into this position and in this organization. I don't know how other organizations do it, but this one, that's how they did it. So they elected me to become the secretary, and you only do it for two years. It's a two-year term. I got elected twice, and then the year after that, I got elected. So I'm going to talk in the year between that I was last secretary and then the year that I became president. Also, coincidentally, they switched bishops while I switched positions. So stick with me, please. I promise I have a point. <laughs> and uh, okay, so um, as I was a secretary... Part of our job, like I said, was to organize activities. And one of those activities that we had every year was our annual youth camp. So my job 
was to search for a campsite that was, you know, central to all the states. Again, Kansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska. So normally we always went to a campsite in Kansas. So my job, you know, call for availability, uh, secure the site and talk to my treasurer to pay everything. And that's how we did everything. So my job was basically communications. And it was a fun event. It was a really, really, all these events were fun Some of our friends got engaged during these activities. Some of our friends, you know, met their significant others during these activities. I met, like I said, so many closer friends, so many close friends, and it was a fun activity. Now, a lot of the things that the youth did not see were the instructions that we were given. One of these instructions that I received as a secretary, I was given a list of youth that were not allowed to come in. And uh, my job was, like I said, to communicate. So it was the president, me, and then the treasurer, and then the vice president, if we had one. And we all communicated with each other to speak to the bishop and so forth and so forth. So the bishop actually came to me um, at this time and said, hey, these are the people that are not allowed to pay, or I'm sorry, not allowed to come in whether the reasons being they didn't pay or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I saw a name at the bottom that I knew this uh, guy really well. So I was like, hey, can I ask why is this person on the list? And he said, well, um, there had been rumors that this young man is a homosexual. I was like, oh, okay. Um, so why is he not allowed in? And honest to God, his response was, um, well, we just don't want him to encourage homosexuality against the youth and we don't want him to basically um spread as if it was a disease you know spread his his gayness to the youth so like hmm okay now with these kind of leaders you were always taught take orders never talk back and do as you're told which like any job really so i was like okay okay in my mind i thought well this youth member may not even show up, so I'm not going to worry about it. Camp events were normally like a four to five day event. So we were there all week. I was there the week before, during, and then, you know, a little bit after. So normally each night we celebrated by having a party. We had the party normally after the youth services, the, you know, church services. The last night, a lot of people would show up because it's the last service and people that live nearby that were youth and maybe couldn't attend throughout the week because, you know, they had jobs, et cetera, would come to the service. And, you know, it's it's a service. So, we're you know, we didn't charge anybody. This young man showed up and uh, I was like, OK, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He said, hey, Tony. I'm like, hey, nice to see you. How are you? Good, 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 good. And I feel like within my soul, I had the duty to let him in. Um, So I did. I, I let him in. And this whole time, I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, And the bishop, you know, called me at the end of the service. He was like, hey, I thought we had an agreement that he wasn't going to come in. It's a service. He's not here to harm anybody. He's not going to spend the night. He literally just came for the service. I allowed him to stay to eat. And then he's going to go back home. I didn't think it would be a problem. So the bishop got really upset and he literally just like walked off. And I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to hear about it later. The next day, which was Saturday, it was normally closing day, which we were there only till noon. 
my job was to secure everybody out, make sure the dorms were fully cleaned, uh, make sure that the dorms were fully cleaned, you know, checked in with the ushers that we worked with, that everything was okay. Everybody had lunch and, you know, breakfast and lunch and make sure that everybody was paid. So the night before on Friday, we had, we always had like a talent show. On this particular day, the bishop had brought in a special guest, which he did not tell us. So I didn't even know who he was. Oh, hi. You know, he's going to be singing a couple of songs. I'm like, okay. Now, in a church environment, it is custom to give a guest a love offering, which is basically money as a thank you for coming to uh, either preach or whatever. Um, So that was that was more that was common. And the bishop was like, hey, are we going to give him a love offering? Like, yeah, of course. Um, It would come out of our funds, the youth funds. Um, and he, I remember he said he requested that we gave him $400 and I was like, Oh, that's a lot of money for two songs. And I'm not trying to make fun of the man. He just was not youth material. He brought music that were like, I don't know, like my dad would have enjoyed it, but not the youth. Aside from that, I was like, okay, again, I listened to instructions and I said, okay, I'll tell the treasurer to give him money. He's like, no, don't worry about it. I'll handle it. I'm like, okay, going back to Saturday, we were closing the event. Uh, I make sure that everybody, you know, was packed. Everybody went home safely. There was a lot of people that traveled, you know, like seven hours, eight hours. So we were just basically sending everybody off. And my job was normally to go and pay the event, you know, the location. And I was talking to the bishop and I'm like, hey, well, you know, let's go pay. We counted the money. Uh, me, the president and the treasurer, we counted the money and we had about $12,000 left over. After, you know, the money that was supposed to go for bills or to pay everything. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm the secretary. I'll go pay it. And and the bishop was like, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll take care of it. I'll do it. I'm like, okay. So the money was handed to him. This was like in August. Fast forward to October. Um, we I was calling back so we can secure a deposit for the next year. And I called and I said, Hey, you know, I was wondering if you had any spots available in July or August or etc." And she said, well, we actually cannot reserve anything for you guys since we haven't received any payment. I was like, what, what do you mean? We paid like on the last day, didn't we not? And she was like, no, um, let me look through our records though. And I'll email you, uh, whatever we received. I'm like, okay. She emailed me back a couple of days and she was like, hey, I'm sorry, we didn't find any payment. There's no record of it. Okay, that's weird. And mind you, this was in October. Literally like the week after they called me the president at that time and the treasurer to go to the meeting. And this meeting were around four or five pastors um, and they all looked really angry and I was like, okay, what's going on? Are we in trouble? Now, the bishop was not there. The secretary of the district was there. So basically, his, the bishop's right hand. He was there and he was like, okay, we need you to sit down. You know, we need to discuss a very heavy, heavy topic. I said, okay, where's the money? And I was like, um, what do you mean? And me and the treasurer and the president, I mean, we were friends regardless of our position. So we looked at each other like, what do you mean? What? What's going on? He's like, well, the money is missing. I was like, what? 
no, 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 no. We have everything. You know, we have the receipts. We have everything. It was it was really bad to where our treasurer fainted. Like she fainted. She hit her head. It was really bad. They were like, okay, take her out, give her Tylenol, let her breathe. Because, I mean, we were getting, honestly, we were getting attacked. And they were like, hey, we need you to come up with the money, like, right away. And they were all, like, talking all at once. Meanwhile, me and the president, we were like, what the hell is going on? I I have no idea what you're saying. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Like, the money, the money that you guys raised is missing. How am I supposed to know? I'm the secretary. I don't know. They're like, okay, well, you know, this money's missing. This money's missing. And now you and the president are in charge to pay. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Where is the bishop? Uh, he would. He wasn't able to be here. So um, we're going to discuss it today. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need you to get him on the phone. And we need to discuss this because I am not about to pay eight thousand dollars so they wanted me to pay eight thousand and they wanted the president to pay eight thousand on the amount i could be wrong you know to be honest no this can't no there has to be an explanation the money is somewhere well we're gonna figure it out well we got insulted my friend the president is an actual a lawyer he's he's a, a uh, he, he was a very professional lawyer uh in the country of mexico so they were insulting him, like, you, you're a lawyer. Like, how could you let this happen? I, I bet you you have the money under your, your bed. And we were both like, I, we have no idea what you guys are talking about. Like, are you being serious right now? And then, you know, honestly, a little side joke. You know what made it worse? My ringtone of Danza Kuduro, like, played out, like, on my phone. I guess I forgot to put it on silent, so I got in trouble for that. But anyway, we were like, we have no idea what's going on. We have no idea. Obviously, we did not take that money. Um, we're like, okay, I need you to call the bishop right now or else I'm going to call him. So I called him. He didn't pick up. The secretary called him. He didn't pick up. I'm like, I need you to keep calling him because this this has to get settled today. Like, are you serious? So they called him and he does pick up. He's like, what's going on? Is the meeting adjourned? And we're like, no, you know, you're on speaker. And he's like, hey, so you you know, you guys know what the meeting's about, right? I was like, can you explain to me, please? Because I have no idea where this money is. And he's like, well, I can't talk right now. It's Wednesday and we have Wednesday service. So I have to go. I'm like, oh, no, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. No, this is important. Like my, literally my reputation, my life is at risk right now. Because I feel like you're accusing me of stealing money thousands and thousands of dollars like no no and he's like i have to go he hanged up i will tell you that was the last time i spoke with the bishop um i've never heard from him again i will update this in between the youth camp and the district convention which is a service for three days where all the churches gather um we got a a new bishop elect so the bishops changed so I was like, you know what? We're going to figure this out. Like we are, we're going to have to figure this out. I, I, I cannot live with this above my head. Like I was really stressed out. And on top of that, I was doing my junior and senior year together because my school had a mishap and that's another story. But I was so stressed out already as it was. And I was going through depression quietly at this time. So that on top of that, it nearly killed me. And I feel like this is a plan of God, if you believe in God. Um, I became president of the youth 
uh, election time uh, during convention. I was terrified because now I have to face the youth. Hey, guys, you know, thank you for voting me to become your president. There's no money. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. We had to plan a strategy like, hey, how are we going to tell them that we have no money? Like, I, 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 I can't say, hey, somebody stole the money. We can't figure it out who it is. But um, we need y'all to help us raise money. The new bishop that came was like, you can't say that. You know, you can't tell them the truth. So I did not talk about it. And they were like, what do you mean we need money? Like, yeah, we need to plan the youth events and there's no money. Meanwhile, me and my friend, I became the president and my friend became the vice president. And another friend of mine became a secretary. Now, I'm not going to mention anybody's names because I don't want their, you know, life to be scrutinized. Even me, I'm only doing this because I'm wanting to free myself from this trauma that I went through. So I became president and I remember going to the first meeting uh, in front of all the leaders because we had that uh, every, I think it was every six months where we had to travel and we saw the, you know, the leaders for the women's, the men's ministries. And then, you know, I was the youth and there the new bishop was like, hey, so the national board has agreed to let us borrow money because we don't have any money. So whoever stole the youth's money also stole the district's money. So not only that we start at zero, the whole district started at zero. We didn't talk about it. I, I didn't say anything. I was really angry because my concern was the youth. My concern was that the youth were going to be, I mean, to me, they were my priority. I had to plan great events for them to go and receive a blessing, for them to go and enjoy themselves. And I I couldn't do that anymore. We didn't have the funds. And this is where I wanted to talk about organized religion and how organized religion almost ruined my life. I was accused of stealing this money. I was accused of taking all the funds. And if you're listening to me and you're a friend that was my friend during this time, you know the names that I'm talking about. You don't need to know. I don't need to say them out loud. People know who exactly who I'm talking about. You're probably saying, Tony, why are you talking about this? Why are you bringing this to the attention of your listeners? I want you guys to know that organized religion and God are two separate things. And organized religion is a moneymaker machine, honestly. You're not going to ever meet an organization that does not focus on money first. And that's what upset me about the organized religion that I belong to. That we always took matters for money first. And we always looked at the people's interests second. So we were always like, hey, you know, when we had events, we charged people. We, When we had youth events, we charged people. I mean, I had to continue to work and I tried my best to do it. I, I I went super down on a depression on a depressing spiral just because I really wanted to do the best for the youth. And my life changed dramatically because of this event. It started with this event, the fact that the money was stolen. We couldn't point fingers at anybody because, you know, everybody was afraid to say someone's name and nobody ever called the police. 
I mean, that that's just how it ended. Oh, the money's gone. Let's move on. Praise the Lord. Okay. No. No. As an organized religion, we're supposed to look at everything. And to me, organized religion is always a place where I feel so unprotected. And now I struggle because the higher being that I believe in, to me, is called God. So to me, that did not combine with an organized religion because... There were two separate things to me. I struggled with that for a long time and I got hated for it. I got bullied for it by Sunday school teachers. I got discriminized, you know, because I became a well-known person to the church because I was in front of everybody all the time. And I was really embarrassed that I, as a leader, could not defend my youth. I was really highly embarrassed that I couldn't bring justice to the youth because because of that we couldn't have a good youth service out in the youth in the two-year term I only had youth camp one of the years and not the second because we couldn't afford it and then I've talked about this on a previous episode where when they re-elected me um I don't know if I cut this part out but they re-elected me to become president again after that and then by this time, everybody knew that I was tender and they basically kicked me out at this point for, for being tender. And if you want to hear about that, that's in another season uh, episode called For the Bible Tells Me So. So go listen to that episode if you want to, so you can kind of get a recap of what I went through for that during that time. I want you, my audience, to know that whatever higher being you believe in, do not let your mind get it across as that's what organized religion is. And sadly, when you think of organized religion, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? It is always money. Money always comes first. And that upsets me because obviously churches don't pay taxes. So to us, we should be a a breath, a fresh air to the community. And we are not. And we cannot sit here and say that we are holier than thou because honestly, half of us are full of shit. And I'm sorry I said it in that term, but it is true. And you say, Tony, well, why did you do? Uh, did you do anything about it? And I did. I left. You might hear me s- explaining this in anger, but I'm not angry. I'm disappointed of a place where I thought it was supposed to be about family, a place where I thought it was a community that where we were, you know, that we were supposed to help each other out. Uh, a lot of things that I find wrong with organized religion, you know, it, it's supposed to be, like I said, a community where we're there for each other. And and honestly, it did f- feel that way when I was there, and it was. But for a long time, that community becomes so closed and honestly closed-minded that we forget about everybody else around us. So we always made decisions based on what was best for us and not based on what the community needed. Because at the end of the day, as a church, we're supposed to serve the community. We're supposed to serve, you know, uh, uh, my neighbor. You're, you know, we're supposed to support a family member that suddenly needed money or or food or shelter. And even though we did, did that at times our selfishness overpowered everything. I remember specifically this one time, this was where I was going to my local church at this time. I'm not going to say what church it was. I was there for a long, long time. My friend 
again, I'm going to say his name had recently been striped of his uh, titles because they had found out he was gay. So they stripped him of his titles and he ended up leaving the church hurt. Uh, so after that, they started stripping me of my, of my services. So I was no longer able to play music. Now, if you ask them, they're not going to tell you that those were the reasons, but I mean, come on. So I was, I was sat down and I was, I just went to church as a regular member. And I sat there as I just kept going to services. I ended up meeting this wonderful lady. And again, I'm not going to say her name. And she was a beautiful soul, you guys. Like, she brightened up the room. Like, her enthusiasm was just shown. She brought her little tambourine to church, and she did her thing. I mean, she went to praise the Lord, and she did it. She didn't care. Um, Sometimes she would bring snacks, so I thought that was kind of funny. She was a beautiful soul. And she would always say, hey, church, you know, help me pray because my daughter is in another country, and I'm trying to bring her here with me, and, you know, legal battles and all that stuff. Uh, she ended up meeting a guy and obviously it would, I I was sitting next to her and her man friend, uh, on the pews of the church. And, you know, we, we basically became pew buddies, you know, we were there supporting each other during the praise and worship and we prayed together and we cried together. We would dance together, uh, you know, and this man started feeling kind of fishy to me and I was like, Hmm. Okay, this guy is going to cause trouble. I don't know if I should trust him. And honestly, he kind of gave me the vibe of a person that's uh, an abuser. Whatever. Eventually, um, they became into a relationship and he asked me and another friend, hey, you know, can you help me propose? I want to propose to her. And in my mind, I was like, I don't know, that's a good idea. This woman eventually ended up bringing her daughter from this other country and brought her to to the to Oklahoma, to the U.S. And she and the girl showed up like right before Mother's Day. It was so beautiful. Oh, my God. You know, thank you, everybody, for praying for me and, you know, et cetera. And OK, that was the end of Mother's Day. The following Sunday or two Sundays after that or it could be longer. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie about that one. She just stopped coming to church. I was like, okay, something wrong. You know, I don't know. It just felt weird. We come to find out that this man murdered this woman and that broke my heart. That hurt my soul because now this child was in the U S with no family to my knowledge excuse me, no, no family. And this woman was dead. What hurt me the most and what got me really angry. And this is what pushed me to leave the church is that I, uh, was not at this meeting, but somebody close to me was, and this man had actually asked for help to the, to the, to the ministers, the pastors, everybody. Hey, you know, I have this anger problem. I need you guys to help me. And what is the first thing a religious person tells you? Oh, pray about it. You're going to be fine. Let the Lord take the wheel and you're going to be okay. This man killed the girl. This man, not only, uh, he asked for help. Does that make sense to anybody? He asked for help. He said, I have a problem. I need you to help me. And we said, 
go kneel down and pray. To me, that's astonishing because first of all, we could have said, you know what? Let's get you some counseling. Let's go ahead and 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 have uh, you know meetings where you can meet with a psychologist. The church will pay for it, you know. But sometimes the church became so freaking stingy that we it was easier to just say go pray about it and you'll be fine. And that's where I want to talk about organized religion because it ruined me. But. You're like, Tony, this this episode sounds very problematic. You know, you're probably trying to just just spill the tea about all these people. And no, that is not what my intent is. If that's what is coming uh, to you as, you might want to check your heart. I'm angry. Yes. I'm very upset. Yes. Because I belong to an organization where we were supposed to take care of our neighbor, and we didn't. We were supposed to take care of our youth, and we didn't. We were supposed to take care of our families, and we didn't. And this person got caught cheating. Oh, my God, shame him. We didn't offer them any help, to my knowledge, or enough help to we can say, besides prayer, let's get you to a family counselor. Let's get you to a psychologist. The church has money. Let's go ahead and do this for you. Let's go ahead and, and do all of this. And it's easier, honestly, as an organized religion leader that I used to be in, it's easier to hoard money than to help the neighbor. It really was. And that's why I'm ashamed. And that's why I am I'm saddened that I belong to to this uh, organization because once I started realizing that it felt like a cult, it hurt my soul. It hurt that the people that are still there that I love, that hurts because not everybody sees this story that I'm talking to you right now as I want them to see it. A lot of people are going to see this as, oh, Tony's just gossiping and no, understand where I'm coming from. I want you to heal. That's my point of this episode. I want you and I to heal from organized religion. A lot of you that used to follow me at the beginning in season one were a lot of people from this religion and y'all stopped listening for some reason, but I bet you you're here now. Great. Thank you so much for listening, but I want you to know, do something for your neighbor even if it's just, hey, you want to talk something that would heal. Because trust me, a lot of people that I talk to that have left this organization are in pain. They're hurting. They are um, going through so many hard problems. And I'm not going to say that it's entirely the organization's fault. No, I'm not saying that either. But I am saying that as a religion that are that is supposed to be there to assist, you know, we didn't. We failed. And for the people that I have hurt, I am truly, truly sorry. I I want you to know that when I was there, I my intention was to be better. And maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. And the people that you encountered with that are still part of that organization, they might be, they might not be. I don't want you to hate organized religion because I did for a long time, but I have come to terms that 
it is better to heal my heart than to keep that bitterness inside of me. Because for a long time, I would even see people that go to this organization and, oh, my God, I would get angry. I would get mad. But in reality, I didn't do anything about it either. I really didn't because I was stuck in my own ways. And it has something to do with brainwashing. I do want to say that because I was raised that way. I don't really have an opinion to build of what I wanted to believe in or what I felt to believe in within my heart. But I'm telling you, if you are a person that has been hurt by an organized religion, maybe not mine, maybe a Catholic or or a Baptist or something, uh, I want you to know that it's okay to let it go, that it's okay for you to take a look and, and look at what's expired within you and throw it out. Realize that God or the higher being that you believe in is different from an organized religion. Because a lot of the times I was raised anyway to believe that it's the same thing. And it's it's not. And you know what? My relationship with God suffered a lot because I made it feel like it was the same thing and it wasn't. So if you're still listening to this episode, which I hope you are, don't get mad at me. Don't get upset with me. Um, I try to say this, I I try to do this episode as respectful as possible. I don't want to offend anybody, but I do want you to know that it is okay for you to move on. And if you feel the need to leave an organized religion, it is okay. Within my heart, I was carrying a lot of baggage within my heart to leave because I felt guilty. I felt like I was leaving family And like I said, my family, some of my family still belongs to this organization and we disagree on a lot of things and we agree on some, but I don't want you to go in life carrying anger on something that may or may not change. And and I know that this episode is speaking to a specific few that um, may understand what I'm saying. And if you don't understand, that's awesome because that just means that you haven't been hurt by this kind of pain and and I'm glad I really am glad and I don't like again I don't want you to hear this episode as Tony's gossiping about you know the religion he used to belong to like no I want us to heal from these traumas because they are traumas finishing my story I after I became the youth leader and I got kicked out for being tender um if you don't know what tender means go back to that other episode and you know what I mean I left the organization for good, but I had guilt. I had that guilt that maybe I shouldn't have left. Um, Maybe I can still make it work with the youth. Maybe I can still help. Maybe I can still inspire somebody. So I decided, like the young man in the first story, to go to the youth service on the last day. And I went with another friend of mine. He drove. We both drove. It was like a six-hour drive. And we got to this place and I got, we got there like what, 30 minutes before the service started. And the new bishop was already obviously, you know, in charge. So it was a service. So I was like, I'm going to go in and I'm just going to receive my blessing. I'm going to heal from this. And we ended up getting kicked out. (laughs) We got kicked out because we didn't pay. And I was like, well, I'm only here for the service. I'm not going to hear, I'm not here to 
cause any harm. I'm not here to steal food. You know, I'm not here for that. I'm here for the service. I really want to be here to cry to God. I really want to be here. And the bishop came out and said, you know, what are you doing here? Um, like, well, I came for the service. Like, well, have you paid? I'm like, no. Oh, great. Go talk to the secretary. Go pay. I was like, wait a minute, but I'm only here for the service. I don't care. $150. $150, sir, for a two-hour service? Hell no. Hell no. But I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm here for a service. You're going to charge me $150. And my friend was still the secretary, the one that was helping me when I was president. She continued to be now the president of the youth. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I have to follow orders. Can you pay $50? No, $100. I was like, I I didn't bring money like that to pay. I was just going to come to the service, hang out at the youth night. Because like I said, there was a party after the service every night. And that's it. And no, no, we need you to. I'm sorry. We do need you to pay. My friend was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll have the money. I'll pay. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't pay. This is ridiculous. Why would we pay for this? No, it's a service. Like, are you serious? He's like, don't worry. Let's pay. I want you to pray. I want you to heal yourself and let's just go in. But I was so angry, guys. I was so disappointed that I didn't even enjoy the service. Mind you, one thing I forgot to mention that the new bishop was my previous pastor. So I had respect for this man. I still do. I still do. I want to you know, clarify that. But I was hurt. This is the man that was my pastor since I was five. And we shared a lot of wonderful moments, my family and his family. and But what he did that there made me really upset. And again, I'm not here to bash him. I'm not here to say, oh, my God, this man did that. Go ahead and, you know, tag him on this episode. No, 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 no. I, again, I want you guys to heal as I have. And and. Because I have, and trust me, it takes a long time for this kind of pain to fully close the wound. Like it, 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 it takes a toll, but it takes a while for it to heal. And I just want you guys to know that it is possible. Uh, and if you still belong to an organization, you know, just make sure that you're there for the right reasons. Think about your neighbor. Think about the people around you. Think about the other cultures. Think about the other religions think about other people's opinions and not just your own because god gave us a different heart for a reason he didn't expect us all to be robots and just all have the same beliefs if you're an atheist listening to this i respect you if you're a believer of jesus christ i respect you if you're a believer of buddha i respect you but you know what there was a point where i wasn't like that i i did not i was not brought up to be that way Matter of fact, a lot of the uh, evangelical pastors, when they would preach, they would they would really talk down upon other religions. Like, oh my God, we have the best religion. We're going to go to heaven and we're going to celebrate all in skirts and pants. And we're going to have such a great time. And I was like, is that really the truth? Like, okay. And we were wrong to even ask about our religion. Like, we weren't allowed to ask questions that were declared as you know are you doubting the lord i'm like no i just i have a question you know that's it to my conclusion to the story i have been through hell 
and high waters to be in the mental state that I am now. It has taken me a long time, a lot of disagreements with people in public. It has taken me a lot of people making me cry when I go home. It has taken suicide attempts, honestly, because this was my life. This was the only life I knew. So I was in pain, but now I know my purpose in life. And I know that I had to go through this for a reason. I had to go through, I had to endure, if I can say that, all of these things. So I I don't regret them. I really don't. I don't regret ever being part of this organization. I mean, I will never go back, but I still learned and I grew. Again, I say to you, if you are part of this organization, great. I'm not telling you to leave. I'm just telling you to be aware of other people's feelings. I'm just telling you to be aware. And if you see something wrong, report it. And if you're um, seeing something that's unfair, report it. Say something. I wish I had had the courage to say something. Because by the time I did say it, it was too late. I was already out of there. And, And I was intimidated a lot by these leaders. And do I blame them? No. No, because... I was like that at some point. I was stuck in my ways and what I thought it was true. And when you're in an organized religion, it has cult-like things that they practice. You know, don't speak to this. You can only wear this. You can only say this. Uh, you have to do this. You can't say no to this. You have to say no to this. And it's like uh, we were not left to have our own identities. And I think that was my problem that I wasn't allowed to have my identity as who God wanted me to be. Now I know who God has had me to be. And again, I believe in God. And if you don't, that's fine. But I'm telling you my version of the story. Uh, Because even if I can say this, I call God, God is because that's what I've been taught. But God can be something else to you. God can be a higher being that doesn't feel the way it feels to me. So whatever it is that you have, I respect it. And and I ask you to, just to respect mine. This is what I call my higher being for now, God. Do I believe in the Bible? Mm, yeah. Do I believe everything in the Bible? No. Do I believe that the Bible saves everybody? It can, but it cannot at the same time. And I, I just want you guys to, to live happily and and pray for one another and be there for one another because you know what what i had wished is that somebody was there for me during these times because i wasn't allowed to talk to anybody about it and i was scrutinized i was bullied by these pastors that were there if i wanted to do some damage you guys i could have said names I, i really could have there were a lot of people that hurt me there were a lot of pastors that would say stuff to me like oh well if you're gonna be gay now you know just don't wear a purse and I was like, are you serious? You're going to tell that to me? Like, you guys, I hope that this episode has helped you as it had helped me. Or I, I hope that this episode helps you as it has liberated me. You know, I'm not telling you to leave the organization you're in. I'm not. All I want you to do is be conscious and live a happy life. Live a life with no regrets. Live a life where you're no longer in pain. And if you're in an organization that is feeling like this, consider what God wants you to do, really. Consider the plans that God has had for your life. 
consider what your life is supposed to have an outcome to. Just know that you are allowed to change your opinion. You are allowed to heal. And that's all I want for every single one of you. I truly do. And if I come across on this episode upset or angry or frustrated, I was just trying not, I was trying to be really careful on how to express myself on this episode because it still makes me angry. It still makes me, uh, I still get bothered by it. And um, don't DM me asking me for names because I'm not going to give you names. Uh, I do recommend you to heal from from all of this, from whatever organized religion is treating you like crap. Know that you have a higher being that loves you for who you are and that you're meant to go higher than we've been taught. I can say that. Whew. Sorry, I talked for a long time. Um, I hope that you guys find this episode refreshing. And I, I do hope that it comes off as I meant it to be. Um, please write to me, Podcast at yahoo.com. Share your experiences with me. Um, I don't want to gossip with you, so don't message me to gossip. But you want to show me support, show me support. I'll show you support. Trust me, I will. I've met a lot of friends that have left this organization and they're happier than they've ever been. And I've seen some friends that are still in this organization and they are happier than they've ever been. So it's great. Do what's best for you. Guys, again, thank you so much for listening. I think I rambled long enough today. So um, take care. Cleanse your hearts. Cleanse your soul. Be happy. Okay. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and until the next time, bye.